Thank you for listening to this week's message from New Day Community Church in Vandalia. We hope this message encourages and blesses you. Look us up and contact us at newdaycommunity.org. Mr. Cameron, and I'm glad to be here. Glad you're here. And it's been fun coming down every week this month. A uh, bit of a change up. And then next month we're going to continue that with Mark here every week um, rather than alternating weekly. And then after... Uh, uh, after February and beginning in March, we'll go back to the the weekly rotations. But we just wanted uh, some time to kind of connect a little little deeper, and I've I've enjoyed it. Um, one other thing in the uh, bulletin today, uh, you'll notice on the back there's a missions giving report, which is the summary of uh, New Days, which includes all three of our campuses: the uh, Kalamazoo, the Vine campus, and this campus. Uh, giving to missions, and in 2015, we gave over $65,000 to missions and to ministries outside of ourselves. So in addition to providing for uh, our churches, and, and, and last uh, 2015 is when we purchased the Vine building, so we had a lot of stuff going on, but I just want to thank you for your faithfulness in supporting, and that's one of the benefits of of the way we do church is that uh, uh, we can work together to attain bigger goals uh, than what any one congregation, if it was just us, uh, you know, we wouldn't be able to do much. But when we work together with now three congregations, it's just exciting. <clears throat> and I think it's next week. Are we going to have the financial report? Next week we'll have the giving information that breaks down uh, how the finances were used um for uh, not just missions giving. Missions is just one slice of the pie. So we'll show you the rest of the pie uh, (laughs) next week. All right? Well, we're continuing in our Pathways series, which is a discussion of how people connect with God. What's your most natural way to connect with God? I've been getting a lot of feedback. really appreciate the comments uh, that I've been getting over the last few weeks of people going, wow, this is never heard anything like this or it never had considered how this works and and it helps you understand different people uh, as well as understanding yourself so it's these are ways that you connect or people connect with God most naturally because each one of us is made unique so similar to our personality or our spiritual gift uh, we each have unique combinations and uh to find out what yours is, you can uh, download the test. We, ha- we might have some copies of it laying around here if you don't have it or if you want someone else to take it. It's this bit.ly slash pathway test, and you can print it out and test it. And the idea is you, you find what your primary pathway is, and you lean into it. Everybody say lean into. Lean into. Very good. I like that. Need to some feedback here. Uh, and then you find out the other pathways and you stretch into them. Uh, stretch, say it together. One, two, three. Stretch. Into everybody stretch. Uh, yeah, I could use a good stretch here. <laughs> so you lean into, that's your primary way because that's where your strength is, but you need to learn how to stretch into areas that you're not really comfortable, as comfortable with and so that you get uh, some experience in that way because maturity is competency in all of the pathways, all right? So you may be a worshiper. You may love to spend hours and hours uh, singing songs or in worship services. Speaking of worship, we had a great time last night. If you weren't here, you missed out. The Worship Arts uh, Youth Worship Ministry 
uh, had an elementary worship team and then a senior high worship team, and they just they did a fantastic job last night. It was really good to see these young worshipers coming up. So you might be really capable of, of entering in that way, but contemplative or intellectual or activist, you just don't know what that means. Well, if you learn what that means and then experiment and, and gain some competency that, that you can connect with God uh, that way, it will help you grow. <clears throat> Last week we looked at the intellectual and the worship pathway, and today we're going to jump into the activist and the contemplative uh, pathway. So the activist pathway, and uh, this is all based on the book uh, uh, Sacred Pathways, and uh, uh, you can read all about it. And he did a lot of studies and tests and identified seven primary ones. The activist pathway <clears throat> is people who feel most spiritual when they're starting something new, uh, when, they're, when they're creating something that didn't exist. Uh, they generally have a lot of zeal. They're passionate people uh, with a strong sense of vision. They like to get stuff done. So it's creative, not in the sense of like an artist uh, creating a painting. That would be a different, we're going to talk about that later. That's the creation pathway. This is an activist. They need to be doing something. And so these people often have a difficult time with church. <laughs> because they, you know, you know, if they don't get into the right church or the right function in church, they just see church as time when people get go in a room and, and either stand or sit. And they're just... It's just uncomfortable for them the whole time. They're like, well, I can get more done out and you know, do this. And so it just seems like a waste of time. <clears throat> it's not a waste of time uh, uh, because it's part of the big vision. But uh, uh, if they don't understand it, if, you're, if you have a, this pathway or if you know someone that has this pathway, they need to see how church is getting stuff done worldwide. It's the church of God that has done uh, you know, hospitals, the very existence of hospitals is, evident, is, is directly, historically connected to churches. Churches were the ones who invented the idea of hospitals. <laughs> and most hospitals around the world trace their roots to, uh, you know, churches. Bronson Methodist Hospital, uh, Borges Catholic Hospital. Uh, and so most of them have gone from their roots. But the idea itself, uh, same with... Uh, 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 not, not in all senses, but in many senses, many uh, higher education, certainly elementary education, were all started by churches that said, we need to change our community by uh, uh, implementing education. And, and so, so much huge, big stuff has happened. <clears throat> uh, most uh, um, uh, relief work. Uh, governments do a little. Uh, uh, secular organizations do a little. But churches do the bulk of it. The tsunami that happened now five, six years ago in Japan that wiped out uh, tens of thousands of houses. The government helped for a few months. Uh, the church is still rebuilding right now, still going door to door. And there are volunteers rebuilding house house. The damage done. And so <clears throat> this is often, this pathway is often paired with the spiritual gift of faith, uh, and again, we need to do a series on the spiritual gifts, but the gift of faith is someone who has the capacity to believe stuff that's beyond the normal, 
You know, someone who can drive into a city where there's there's no Christians and go, man, I can see a vibrant church here. You know, and let's do it, man. Aren't you excited? And everybody else going excited, man. This is a ridiculous idea. <laughs> you know, uh, because they have a lot of faith. You know, <clears throat> I was with some people just uh, not long ago, and I was telling them financial woes, and I was like. You know, it's half a million dollars for this. And they just, they just looked at me and said, well, just raise it. Just raise it. <laughs> it's easy to have faith for somebody else to do something. <laughs> All right. Uh, challenges don't discourage people with this pathway. They actually energize. You know, so if they see something that's really hard to accomplish, they go, yeah, finally. I got something I can do, you know. Um, and whereas other people, they look at it and go, "Oh, you know, I just, I, I got to go pray about it." <laughs> so uh, another aspect of this pathway is not only do you like doing big stuff, but you get a lot out of bringing the best out of others. All right, and so, and and actually, maybe one of the things that discourages or upsets you is when you see other people not living to their full capacity. You know, and it's like, man, why are they, why do they not engage? Why do they not serve? Why do they not plug in? And it, and it's just, it, it unsettles you and nothing makes you happier than seeing other people engaged in the big vision. All right. Cause, cause they're, they're coming alongside. And so you have a heart to see other people uh, uh, doing big things for God. You, you feel God in high-paced, problem-filled, complex, strenuous challenges. All right? Like in the... In the... <laughs> okay, you feel God in high-paced, problem-filled, complex, strenuous challenges. All right, you feel God there. Yeah, I was just thinking about Heidi Baker. How many have heard of Heidi Baker? All right, she is, she is an apostolic person on on the level uh, uh, that is almost unprecedented. Uh, Heidi and her husband Rollin is part of our organization. They lead a network of uh, over ten thousand churches in in the poorest parts of Africa. But this woman is just—it's like. Like, I've had lunch with her, right, you know, on the same table, but it's like, this is, I think she's alien, you know? <laughs> she's on such another level, all right? So one of the big parts of what she does is, they, in, in, in third world countries, people live in garbage dumps, okay? Uh, uh, and they scavenge through the garbage, but they actually live there full time. They carve out a little hole, and, and that's where they live. Sometimes they have kids, and... And so she just goes to these garbage dumps and makes friends and preaches the gospel to them. But, um, and they're, they're horrible places. Uh, there's birds just like garbage dumps here, but there's it worse because they don't, they don't cover them up, you know, and make them smell nice. They, they're just horrible. Um, but they just go, they, she just keeps doing it. She's been doing it now for many, many years. And uh, uh, whatever the situation is, doesn't matter how bad it is. It just and I've heard her tell these stories of incredible obstacles, and you know, in the midst of that, she was like, she'll pray for somebody, and uh, they get healed, and bam, it changes everything. 
<clears throat> so, so those uh, problem-filled, I remember when the floods happened in Mozambique, that's where she's based, and uh, like the entire nation was just about to collapse. The government actually asked her and their organization to help distribute um, relief because the government wasn't able to. And she just said, okay, we'll do it. And she's, you know, in faith. Like, um, I have a friend, Rick Olden, he's actually been here, who travels with her. And he's like, he, 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 he works in a rescue boat in the Atlantic. Uh, he's like, he works for the Coast Guard, basically. To, he goes out during storms. And he's like, Heidi is crazy. Because <laughs> he's been on boats. So he, he tells the story about they were on a boat, and the boat was sinking. Like, he knows boats. He fixes the boat. That's his job. And he's like, there is no way. And she just, she would not turn around. She says, well, if the boat sinks, then we'll swim. <laughs> and he said, the boat actually sank. And they had to wade through shark-infested water to get to the island. And then they had to walk across the island to get to the next. It's just crazy. But uh, if people with this pathway, you may not do it on that scale. Maybe you've never had opportunity to experience it on that scale. But on some scale, when a problem presents itself, something goes, yeah, where's God in this? All right, let's do it. Um, <clears throat> and that's good. That's a great thing. Routine actually bores you. It's really, really difficult to just do routine. And so if you find routine boring you, well, a lot of people find comfort in routine. All right? Uh, some people, it's really hard to do the same thing every day. <clears throat> Other people want a safe, predictable life where you thrive and doing things new and different. I love to change things up. I'm constantly wanting to change something. You know? <laughs> Because I don't find safety in having it predictable. I find boredom, all right? And so let's just change it up. Because uh, that, to me, oh, I can discover something there. And, uh, and that's a good thing. <laughs> Isn't it, honey? I say it's <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, God put me with Kathy. And it's, we balance each other out. Let's just say that. <laughs> yeah. So here's some uh, examples in Scripture. You know, there's not a place in the Bible where it teaches this in the sense where it's a verse-by-verse verse where it talks about the different pathways. And so this is biblical uh, understanding of a dynamic, how God created us, as opposed to what we normally do around here, which is uh, teaching expositorily or taking a passage or a topic and teaching it through the Bible. We'll be doing more of that later this year. In fact, we're going to tackle the whole book of Colossians coming up. Uh, yeah, uh, But this is this, is, this truth that's just clear, um, and, and we see it throughout Scripture. And so we see it uh, in God dealing with uh, Abram. So the Lord said to Abram, Leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. It's kind of interesting. It's like, I'll tell you when you get there. So just say, hey, you know what? What if you had a dream or a vision, and you walked up and said, Honey, guess what? God's told us to go. Go where? I don't know. <laughs> what do you mean? No, we're going. For a vacation? No. We're just going. He's going to bless us. Uh, come on. You know? Like, what are you talking about? 
<laughs> I'm not going. Right? And, but, but Abram embraces and says, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. Now, God could have blessed Abram in that city, in Ur of the Chaldeans, right? He could have, right? Couldn't he be? Yeah. He could have made him a great nation there. But there was something that needed to happen. He needed to go. And sometimes you need to go. Right? Now, this is, this is part of the big story that Abraham had no idea that this was going to actually affect the course of human history. Because where he ended up going was what we call Israel, the nation of Israel, which is actually the name of one of his descendants. All right, and they're still fighting about Israel, right, in Jerusalem, and it's still the center of uh, of human interaction, and it affects everything. Why? Because God spoke to some man thousands of years ago and said, "Get up and go." And so an activist hears the words "get up and go," and they go, "Yeah." But sometimes God calls all of us to get up and go, right? So that's an example. Another example uh, is is when Jesus told his disciples, "Go." and make disciples of the people who live next door to you? Yeah, but the people who live in the next town too, and the people who live on the other side of the world. We need to go. And so intrinsically in the gospel message, in the Great Commission, is this very activist aspect of the kingdom of God. All right, God's an activist. <laughs> he wants to change the world. And at the root of what it means to be a Christian and to be the church is that we're all about changing the world because I can I'm I'm an activist so <laughs> I see everything through this lens. I want to start churches like every every time we go anywhere there's, uh, there's a building and I go, "You know, that'd be a great church." <laughs> you know, I can see it instantly. We just do this, do this and you know, there's lots of people uh, uh, we want to do things. I want to reach the nations. I love this. This really encapsulates it, I think, best of all. And it's Paul's writing about how he feels. And so here we get to hear Paul talk about himself. He says, it has always been my ambition. This was Paul's ambition uh, to preach the gospel where Christ was not known so that I would not be building on someone else's foundation. So you might have the ambition to be a successful business person, or you might have the ambition to do this or do that. But Paul had this burning ambition, and he demonstrated that ambition by actually walking. <laughs> they didn't have trains, they didn't have buses, they didn't have airplanes, they had boats. He didn't take the boat much. <laughs> he'd go on a boat, he'd get in a boat wreck. <laughs> he didn't do boats sometimes, but I think he was a little leery of boats. <laughs> He hiked from Asia in Jerusalem, the Middle East, all the way up into Europe, okay, uh, through the mountain passes and stuff. And wherever he went, he preached the Gospels. And once a church got established, he was itching to go to the next place. All right? Why? Because he had a path, this activist pathway, right? The apostles, they all hung out in Jerusalem. Even when everybody else left, they stayed, all right? And there was a reason for that. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> activist pathway. Build on your strength. Create a sense of challenge by immersing yourself in tasks that demand your best. And so if this is your pathway, you need to build on that by continually challenging yourself to push yourself to the next level. 
You also need to look for others that you can work with to accomplish big goals. You get a couple of activists together, and, and we can change the world. That's what we need down here. We need a couple of activists, people that want to really reach Cass County and make a difference in Southwest Michigan. <clears throat> Come on, <clears throat> let's just do it. Let's get a big vision uh, and then go for it. Uh, stay active or else you'll uh, risk frustration and stagnation. If you're not doing something new, it's going to get old really fast. And so you constantly have to, to add, to, 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 to look for new things. And it's okay to do that. Another thing to do is to read stories and, and if possible, meet other world changers. There's tons of uh, history books, biographies. Uh, God's Generals is a great book uh, that summarizes a number of some of the biggest revivalists in, in uh, Western history, mostly American history, uh, uh, but uh, people who have done incredible things, um, you know, meet them. Uh, uh, people like Bill Johnson or Heidi Baker or other people that are doing uh, incredible, go to a conference where they're speaking, hear them talk. This is what energizes me, is I go and listen to people that are doing things that are the next level and way beyond me. And then I walk away going, oh, wow, I can do more. Because once you hear what they say, you walk away going, if they can do it, I can do it. <clears throat> but you need, to, you need to pursue that. Uh, do something you've never done. All right? Uh, you know, so, okay, maybe you're a successful business. Maybe you're good at church. Maybe you can preach. Maybe you can do this. Find something you haven't done. Uh, maybe go on a mission trip. Uh, it's very likely I'm going to be going to Thailand and Japan, possibly in March, okay? Want to come? <laughs> I would love to have someone else join along with me. Uh, or uh, lead a team. Uh, get it, gather a team together. Maybe you're good at doing stuff by yourself, but get a team and lead them into doing something. Get outside of your box and use your gifting in a new way that you haven't done before. All of these things are ways to build on that activist. Oops. Uh, um, well, that's crazy. <laughs> Click carefully. Okay, find a problem in your community and make uh, it your own by committing yourself to solve it. All right, and this is a big deal here because a pathway is not just to be exercised in a religious context in church. And it's great for you to do stuff in church, lead a class in church, do something here. But find something in the community that needs a solution and solve it. All right? You can do it and gather some other people and, and make it happen. All right? That's walking in your pathway. Uh, and uh, uh, that will cause you to grow spiritually. <clears throat> because you're applying your passion in the church as well as outside of the church. And this applies to all of the pathways, but especially the activist pathways is an opportunity to make a change in the community. So some cautions. <clears throat> Don't judge others because they are less active or less of this pathway. It's really easy to go, you know, Yeah. Uh, so just like if someone's not doing as much as you're doing, don't say it's because they don't have enough faith or that they don't have. It's just that they don't connect with God that way. When they're when it's a big project or 
or a complex situation, they get fearful or they get disconnect with God. So when you're engaging with God, they may be disconnecting. And you just need to understand that and help them. And this leads to don't run over people or use people in the name of some spiritual uh, project. And this happens a lot in the church, when, when especially if there's a, a leading a p- person with a pathway like this, a televangelist or some big uh, activist, and they end up just running over and using people because of the greater good. Well, the greater good is caring for individuals as well. Um, evaluate your motives and keep a check on your spiritual and emotional state as you pursue big goals. In other words, just because you're out changing the world doesn't mean you can allow your spirit and your emotions to be unhealthy. Okay, it, Just because you're doing a, a kingdom work doesn't mean that you can do it for self... Uh, 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 making yourself big, aggrandizement, right? Is that how you say it? That's a lot of syllables in that word. <laughs> you know, just because it's easy. Yeah. I'm doing this, I'm doing this. I planted 10,000 churches, you know. Uh, and so you got to check your motives. <clears throat> Don't confuse doing with being. So if this is your pathway, it's real easy. They get so involved in doing this, doing that, doing that, that you're not being a child of God, a son or a daughter, uh, a, a husband or a wife, that it's real easy to think. So you need to be cautious of that and careful. Don't base your identity in what you do. Ultimately, Christ has already done it all. On the cross, he said, it is finished. And so our identity, the essence of who we are as a person, is not in what we accomplish We accomplish great things because of who we are. Does that make sense? Those accomplishments do not make us who we are. They're the expression of who we are. And this is really important for for everyone, but especially for people pathway, this pathway, is don't allow boredom to lead you to sin. Because if you're not active, you're going to get bored. When you're bored, you're very likely... To give in to temptation simply because of the risk factor. Okay? Because it's kind of like there's some stimulation. You're bored with life. And you don't want to do that because that is just, it's a dead end. Oops. <clears throat> and you'll end up wasting your time. Jeez. I'm all the way back to building strengths. All right. Don't overestimate your importance, <laughs> your goals, or uh, in the bigger picture of the kingdom. So even Heidi Baker, okay, ten thousand churches heal a lot of people. You know what? She, you know, fifty years from now she'll be dead. You know, God's kingdom won't be. Things will still be going on. You know, or big name preachers, uh, and then they get something goes wrong. Ted Haggard. I don't know what happened to him, but he must have got bored. He probably got bored. He definitely got arrogant because uh, I know people who knew him personally and they were like, wow, Jesus went off the rails. And he lost everything because he he uh, he overestimated his own personal importance. Uh, <clears throat> and, you know, the story's not over. He's, God still loves him and right. he's still doing good things. All right, uh, activist pathways, ways to stretch. Spend time in solitude and silence. 
Okay, so even though you like doing something, learn how to be alone, learn how to be quiet, cultivate a reflective discipline like journaling, spend time writing out what God's saying to you, Uh, find the value in routine and consistency, commit to something long term. Okay, so there's value, even though you like to do new things, listen, if that's all you're doing, all those new things are going to end up being a waste of time if you don't stick to it and carry it out. All right, And you need to learn that, and that takes some discipline uh, to commit to some things long-term. In, enhance it with uh, short-term commitments, but plug in to some long-term commitments. And stay humble. Uh, do things that no one else sees. All right? So in the midst of doing great things for God, be sure to do stuff that's humble that nobody else uh, gives you a pat on the back for uh, or that you get attention for. Develop deep friendships. <clears throat> All right. Find mentors and others that can ensure that God is working in you and not just through you. And an activist can kind of s- uh, skirt by life through life without having deep friendships because they're so active in doing big things, and everybody respects them, and there's like this implied, uh, you know, wow, they're doing all this stuff, but they can be empty. They cannot have deep friendships. And so you need to balance your time by developing that and make sure people are, have the access to you to say, hey, wait a minute, you know, what's, what's God speaking to you, not just what is God doing through you? And then uh, learn the other pathways and stretch into them. Took, much, took too much time talking about that one because it's, uh, it's me. <laughs> yeah, you got a lot of these times. I do. I just, I, I like soup. Put them all together. Uh, it's because I'm so mature. That's right. <laughs> well, I just ruined that. <laughs> all right. <clears throat> Contemplative pathway is really almost the opposite pathway. Uh, you love uninterrupted time alone and carefully guard your time. I should just have Anthony preach this one, okay? (laughs) In fact, you require time for solitude and stillness. You just need... So the activist needs to be doing something. The contemplative person needs to be not doing stuff. All right? And you get those two married. married. And you have plenty of opportunity for counseling. <laughs> All right. Uh, just theoretically. <laughs> okay. Relationships and activities may drain you. So where a relational person, they just get energized with, the, with somebody. If they're going to be a Bible study, they need two or three people there. They can't just study the Bible by themselves. This is the opposite with the contemplative. Because if there's someone else in the room, there's like energy is being drained out. Doesn't mean you don't like it. It just means at the end of it, it's like, ugh. You know, and your capacity for a relationship is less than other people. And same thing with activities. Activities, you know, a lot of people they need to be going from one activity to another, and you're like, you know, one a week, maybe. <laughs> you know, if I have to. Uh, <clears throat> You have an enormous capacity, as if it's, it's developed and healthy, uh, for prayer and private worship. Uh, <clears throat> so let me just challenge you. God just, I don't know, maybe it's not God. Maybe this just dropped into my mind. 
And so some people spend an enormous amount of time like in craft work. And craft work is great. It's probably an expression of uh, the creative uh, thing. But sometimes, it, you know, uh, if you're spending hours a day doing something, uh, trivial, playing games, you know, watching YouTube videos or something, maybe if you took some of those hours and spent it in private prayer, you would actually be benefit because you're just wanting time set aside for yourself, right? That's good. And, but God's wired you that way to have time set aside with Him, growing your spirit. It's kind of a insight. God's presence is most we, real when distractions are removed. So it's the you know, opposite of the activists. They, see God, they feel God when it, everything's happening and it's crazy and chaos, right? But the contemplative person, oh my goodness, they just want to run and hide. And in fact, they usually do. They just run and hide. <laughs> so you're like, where are they? Like, they're gone. <laughs> Look in the closets. Oh, what are you doing? Um, <clears throat> because that's where they, they feel God. And so in a room all by yourself, maybe music or just quiet. It's like, oh, or out in the woods, you're all by yourself. Um, tend to be much more spiritually sensitive. And so you pick up on spiritual things going on, like, uh, so either demonic activity or even like, I think that person is angry, or I think this, I think this is, oh, why is there so much tension in the room? And the activist is like, what do you mean tension? Let's, let's knock out this wall, <clears throat> you know? <laughs> like, ah, and you're going, ah, I don't think people really... I don't really care, you know. Listen, if they hear it, they'll do it. <laughs> you know, um, it's just insensitive to all that because you get the big picture in mind. But the uh, contemplative person is picking up on feelings, their own feelings, maybe even God's feelings, uh, maybe demonic influences because they're spiritually sensitive, and that's a really good thing. It, it really, in the mix, it balances it out. Uh, people with this pathway often have rich in inner worlds. Um, and are creative, but not outwardly expressive. And so this is something that's helpful in relating to other people. If someone seems like, you know, they just, like, where are they? (laughs) You know, there's someone that you're like, I never know what this person's thinking. Don't ever assume that they're not thinking. They're probably thinking in such a deep, complex, you know, involved way but they can't express it. And if you look at them and go... Or they know the activists don't really want to hear the whole story. Yeah, they, they're, they're, they're being compassionate. Because <laughs> the activists are like, I don't need all the details, let's just do it. <clears throat> and they're like, well, no, let me explain the details. Tolkien was probably... Yeah. You read uh, Tolkien, you know, it's like he takes pages and pages to describe the texture of the chair, you know. It's like, and then the chair gets burned, you know. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> and so uh, uh, these people often have a, a, a world, sometimes they can't retreat privately in a, in a physical way, and so they learn how to do it mentally. And so they may be in a room with a bunch of people, but in their mind, they're hidden in, in, in a safe place. And, and so that's good. That's actually, a, a, that's the way they connect with God. And we'll get to the caution of that. But uh, uh, as we relate to people like that, or if you're that kind of person, you know, it's helping others relate to you and, and uh, as others relate to 
you, we just need to keep this in mind that there might be a lot going on inside and learning how to draw it out is actually an incredible skill because if there's someone like that in your life and you learn how to tease out some of the stuff they're thinking about, sometimes it's really rich uh, and, it's, has, and it's very valuable. <clears throat> sometimes it's not. <laughs> Often it is. <laughs> Often it is. They'll see things. They'll, they'll have thought through stuff way, way more uh, intricately than you ever would, and it's value that. So <clears throat> here's an example from Scripture, Ecclesiastes, Solomon, the author of Ecclesiastes, most often thought to be Solomon. Uh, Keep this in mind, the teacher was considered wise, and he taught the people everything he knew. Listen, he listened carefully to many proverbs, studying and classifying them. So he just studied all this stuff for years and years, compiling information, this is when the teacher sought to find just the right word to express truths clearly. You know, so someone laboring over the details. Uh, Luke, uh, describing Mary, the mother of Jesus, says she kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. Yeah. We don't hear much about Mary. She's here, she's there. But we find out she was probably contemplative. <laughs> you know, she kept things in her heart and and walked out. Other uh, historical, uh, Lee, Andrew Murray, A.W. Tozer, these are authors and, and people who influenced the church. Andrew Murray and his books on prayer, contemplative prayers, powerful. Tozer, I just love Tozer. He's great. He thinks about things deeply. Uh, Henry Nowen, if you don't know him, he's a little more contemporary. I think he passed away just recently. He may still be alive. I'm not sure. But uh, also wrote many books on contemplative lifestyle, contemplative prayer. Oops. Well, we'll just leave it up. <clears throat> okay, build on your strengths. If you are this way, the biggest thing you need to hear is that you have permission to be this way. All right? Because generally, people with this pathway are not considered as important because they're not getting stuff done all right? in that sense. And so there's a, there's a real kind of a built-in prejudice against people with this pathway. But you need to, be, you need to believe and understand, you, know, you have permission. This is how God created you, and it's okay. Uh, to take time to be alone. Yeah, Jesus frequently, he did a lot of stuff, but regularly in the stories you'll see him. Jesus depicts all of the pathways, by the way. But he'll sneak away to be by himself. He'll send his disciples away. He'll disperse the crowd. And he'll go up to a mountain because he needed time alone. <clears throat> you have permission. And you need to schedule regular, protected, uh, intense times of solitude and stillness. I like that term. I actually took it from another resource. Because an activist you know, or a worship pathway person, they don't even get the idea that you can have an intense time of silence. <laughs> like, what do you mean intense solitude? All right, but if, you're, if you have this pathway, you know what I mean. All right, it's like you're alone, but you're not alone. There's stuff going on. You're not just sitting there bored looking at the, the trees. You're engaging with God, all right? And there's nobody else there. There's nothing happening except you and God, and it can be powerful, all right? You need to have time scheduled to do that, uh, or else you'll dry up. You, you won't be able to grow. Oh, it all came up. Uh, develop healthy spiritual disciplines like fasting 
extended prayer retreats, and journaling. If this is your pathway, you need to build on this. All right. If this is your pathway, you need to learn how to fast. <clears throat> that means not eating or eating a very restricted uh, amount. Uh, and there's lots of different ways to fast. I can tell you about plenty of different ways. There's, there's a way that will work for you. Um, but that helps you remove the distractions. <clears throat> uh, uh, just a word about fasting. Uh, you know that 30 to 40% of your energy that you expend each day just goes into digesting your food? And you, part of the reason you don't have energy is because all your energy is being used processing their food. Yes, some people more. And you can actually have more energy by eating less or eating none at all if you do it right. <clears throat> okay? Extended prayer retreats, take it. You know, if you want to learn how to pray it uh, for, for 15 minutes, pray an hour. Then 15 minutes becomes easy. If you want to learn how to pray an hour, Take a three-hour chunk, and then the next time you go to pray an hour, it's easy. Or a six-hour chunk, and then the pray an hour is like, how can I pray in just an hour? I'm serious. Okay, I've done this. This is an experience. I've done this. All right. Uh, take a weekend. Take three days where you do nothing but prayer and meditate in God's Word. And then the next time, you, next morning when you're done with that and you just go to read your Bible, that 15, 30 minutes has gone so fast, you don't even know happen. But if you don't do that, it's like 30 minutes. I gotta go. Or you're, you see what I'm saying? <clears throat> Develop that discipline. Okay. Uh, act. Uh, do, 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 do. Yeah. Develop a healthy spiritual uh, discipline. I already said that. Be faithful to follow the intuitions and leadings that come to you in your time alone with God. In other words, if you hear something during those times or if you feel inclined to do something, do it. Respond to what you get when you're alone with God. Um, act on what you hear from God. Also, consider writing, okay? Because that's your, to write, you're, you're going to be alone. So develop that. That's a way that you can uh, um, record what's happening in that private time. And then possibly adding some structure or intentional direction to your times of meditation. So. If you gear up and you are spending regular time, uh, maybe it's 30 minutes, maybe it's an hour, some people can spend two or three hours a day just meditating in prayer before God. Sometimes it's once a week, they'll spend six or seven, uh, eight hours just doing nothing. Um, I know one couple that does it full time. Uh, they live by faith, they pray full time. I don't know how they do that, it's way beyond me. Um, <clears throat> but having structure will help. Okay, so that means you, you organize, you think out, what am I going to uh, fast about, meditate on? And this uh, resource called the Book of Common Prayer, and there's many different variations of it. There's ancient ones, but there's contemporary ones that are written for our day and time. Actually gives you a verse and a theme for each day of the year, and, and the whole year is planned out so it builds on... Uh, what came before. And this is an ancient tradition that goes back many, 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 many centuries that people pray and meditate on. Um, contemplative pathway was much more um, uh, common and uh, taught uh, about a thousand years ago. <laughs> That's where all the monks came from. <clears throat> I was just clicking through all of them. 
So some cautions. Don't avoid the demands of the real world, especially because they don't live up to your standard. Okay, and so that's the uh, that's the temptation of someone of this this pathway is they they want to run away and hide instead of just taking time uh, for solitude, especially when there's a conflict between their ideals and the reality of just doing real life. Does that make sense? And this is, it sounds like real life ends up becoming a disappointment, but it's only because you're misperceiving what real life is. Your, your ideals and your contemplation is supposed to enrich real life, not give you an escape from it. <clears throat> All right, Don't retreat into your inner world when others disappoint you or for other unhealthy reasons. So if this is your pathway, you have a risk of just hiding instead of retreating, okay? And that then can be very destructive to your spirit, destructive to your uh, relationships, and you want to make sure that when someone disappoints you, maybe you take time and sort it out with God, but you don't just withdraw and isolate, okay? Isolation is unhealthy for everyone involved. Resist the temptation to consider your private devotional time as less important than those that have a public ministry. Okay? So this is pathway envy and pathway guilt. All right, Don't judge your uh, spirituality based on other people's pathways or gifts. Yours is just as valuable. You bring an enrichment to the whole that the other people don't, can't and don't bring. But also don't judge others when they're less spiritually sensitive or less con- contemplative than you are. And so you'll see people that are constantly doing stuff, but you're saying, you know what, they don't really have, you know, you know, they don't really have the experiences uh, with God that I have. And you can you can judge people in that way. And this is this is true of, of our stream and the charismatic stream, because we can experience God in powerful ways. And we look at other churches, other streams, and go, wow, you know, the, the songs they sing are boring and, and this and that, <clears throat> and you think they're less spiritual. And that's that's judgment is never of God. It's never right to criticize others. Don't allow your private world to become an idol. Listen to this, please. Keep it grounded on solid biblical truth and submitted to pastoral oversight. All right. In other words, you can get so caught up in your own inner world that it becomes twisted. And uh, pretty soon you're interpreting Scripture based on your personal revelation rather than interpreting your personal revelation on Scripture. It's very, very important that you get the balance here and that God's Word and godly uh, counsel helps guide you through those spiritual journeys. I'm almost done here. I'm sorry for going late. It took too long in the first one. Okay, ways to stretch. Commit to serve in practical ways. Okay? So, you know what? Help. Kids ministry. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the opposite of Yeah. <laughs> Volunteer. You know, just submit to it and do it. Uh, you'll have plenty of time. Stay relationally connected, even when the relationships get uh, difficult or challenging. Connect with those who have the activist pathway. Be their intercessor. Okay? Uh, help. Get involved in what they do. Because it'll stretch you, but, and if you develop a good relationship, they'll actually uh, uh, benefit from what you bring to the table. 
Commit to public worship. You love to be alone with God. I've said so many people, I just, you know, I don't like that church thing. I'm not into organized religion. You know, I just, just me and Jesus. <clears throat> I'm like, well, great, but Jesus loves church. And Jesus is all about church. And maybe other people in the church need what you have to bring. You know, and guess what? You got, you need stuff from others. So find God in others. And this is so scriptural, so biblical. Tons of verses that talk about this. Deepen your devotions through study. Okay, how to stretch, engage in the intellectual pathway and add some study so that you have something meaty for your uh, reflection and for your devotions. And then teach others and mentor other people and how. So commit yourself to relationships that you can draw other people into a deeper contemplative lifestyle. All right, coming up next week, we're going to talk about the serving and creation pathways. Uh, that's the book, Gary Thomas, and there's the test um, that you can get. Why don't you all stand? We'll close in prayer. <clears throat> thank you for putting up an extended message. Father, we thank you that you've created us, each of us, unique. God, and you've created many ways that we can experience you and grow and develop our souls, our minds, our bodies, our spirits. Father, that you have uh, made us as vessels to connect and engage with you personally and with your truth. And so, Father, I pray each person here, whatever pathway they have, I bless that. And I pray that you'd help them uh, feel free and released to grow in that pathway, but also that you'd stretch them in these other ways that may seem foreign. Father, we thank you for your grace, uh, Lord, in Jesus' name.